Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Three months on from picking up a ban from football, Ivan Tony has opened up on a podcast about his gambling issues. Has he done himself any favours by living in denial? Plus, is Bruno Fernandes captain material? And should Calvert-Lewin and his father ignore the haters? Disappointment for England's women. We will obviously be reflecting on this uh, shortly. Is it too harsh in the introduction to, to be asking that question? Was it a case of glorious failure? Oh, well, yes, it is. I mean, they, they reached the, um, the World Cup final. They are uh, European champions. And it is possible to, to, lose, to lose a game. It's possible to lose a final. And um, on, the, on the day or on the morning, as I watched the game, yeah. I, thought that, uh, I thought Spain on the day were the better side. Well, I was sitting beside a lady on a train coming back from Manchester. More on that in a second, Simon, who is very animated, of course, kicking every ball. I mean, it, 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 they did so much good in their campaign, Simon, but sadly missed out in the end. And, uh, you know, though they won the Euros, of course, there are those out there saying, well, for the women, read the men, for the men, read the women, because this is the story of Southgate situation. Well, not really, is it? Because they won the Euros last year yeah. and they got to a World Cup final and we haven't done that as the men since 1966. So, look, if you define um, success as ultimately binary, which is you win or you lose, you're either a winner or you're not, then you will say that this has failure written on it. I would not say this failure. I, I would think failure would be too harsh an expression because to get to a World Cup final is an achievement. But when you're there... The job is to win. Yeah. You're the European champions. I think most people's favourites for this particular final. Um, I don't think at times they played that well during the tournament, but they managed to overcome adversity. They managed to overcome the Nigerians of the world where they were outplayed, which is a, um, an allegation that's made of England when we're not playing well or playing against an opposition that prima facie on paper is either better or during the game is better, we don't overcome. So you have to give them credit there. But when you're in a World Cup final right. and your opportunity is there and the narrative's yeah. been built up and the hysteria's going, then your job is to win. Well, this is it, sadly. I was up at Manchester City, Newcastle on Saturday night. It's a guest of Kevin Grealish. Kevin, good morning if you're listening. Thanks so much for having me up there. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Ken, the chef, uh, laid on some brilliant pre-match soup for us. We'll talk about that game later on this morning. And Manchester City, what have they got in Phil Foden? He was unbelievable. This morning, we want to highlight this before we go any further. Brentford striker. Ivan Tony has spoken out in detail about the impact the eight-month ban from football that he's currently serving after breaking football's gambling rules, the impact that it's having on him. Tony, if you remember, admitted 232 breaches of the FA's rule E8, which prohibits players from gambling on football. He has spoken to Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO podcast, and um, he said a variety of things, Tony. But he was asked if he knew what he could or he couldn't do when it came to betting. It was kind of a grey area. Right. Like, I think there was a time where, like I said, the, the, the clubs I've been at, 
They would at like, the beginning of every season, though, I feel like they'd have somebody come in, but not actually tell you what you can and what you can't bet on. What would that person say? Just like broad? Just his ex- experiences on betting. Like he'd come in and say, this is me betting, this is, uh, and then I've lost this much. I've come through this. So when if you think about betting, don't do it. So it wasn't like you can't be betting on football. Like you, you'd hear you can, you hear it, you can't. And then there's certain things you say you can't bet on. During the process, you said that you had lied earlier on by saying, I don't bet on football in an earlier interview. You know, that was one of the first interviews you had and you you'd responded, I don't bet on football. And yeah, that, that, that wasn't accurate. Yeah, that was when obviously they threw everything at me. I thought if I was just deny it, then it's, it's all fine. Uh, they wouldn't find nothing, but then... Obviously, they take your phones everything, and everything. Yeah, then everything went through and then, yeah, I admitted to, I admitted to what I'd done. So for a start, Simon, he says it was a grey area. It was never pointed out to him or anybody else uh, in the dressing room as to what a player can and cannot do when it comes to betting. Yeah, I mean, only the football clubs he's played for will be able to testify to the fact that they either made it a big thing for players as part of their briefing at the beginning of the season to remind them of their obligations, to remind them of their responsibilities, to remind them of the do's and don'ts. Only the clubs that he's played for can attest to whether they did that or not. Now, Ivan can, 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 can plead ignorance, but you have to be living under a rock not to understand. You've seen Kieran Trippier, you've seen other high-profile people, whether it be Wally Downs or people in and around the game that have had this challenge. So whilst footballers are institutionalised at times and live in their own little bubble, there is a reality of people do know the two biggest commodities in football are gossip and money. Uh, and and ultimately the rumours circuit around... Get, he knows that he can't bet. I'm disappointed with this. I mean, obviously, contextually, we're only seeing hearing a certain part, so we don't know if he goes on to own some of his own thinking. But this young man is a very talented player. I happen to be a, a major admirer of his. I like his dad. I spent time with his dad, and I like the family. But... If he's going to move out of Brentford and go to a, a bigger football club, one of the things <coughs> that bigger football clubs want to see is character. They want to see people owning their mistakes and having the substance and backbone to accept their failings. It doesn't sound like there's much of that going on here. And when you use the word deny, I'm, I'm sorry, Ivan, you need to replace, replace the word you deny with the word lie. You don't, you, denying something is pushing back against something that you're accused of. Telling a blatant untruth is a lie. And he lied because it suited him best be able to get an outcome that ultimately was I don't want to be accused of this, I don't want to be charged with this, so I'm going to tell you that I didn't do it. That's not a denial, that's a lie. So are the noises uh, that Ivan is making in this chat uh, show that he is still a man in denial? Martin, I'm I'm keen to get your take in a second, but listen to more of this. Despite being called up to the England squad for March's Euro qualifiers, Tony missed out on a place in England's World Cup squad. So in this podcast, Tony tells us what he thinks was behind that. If I no disrespect to the lower leagues, but if I was, we actually we actually did look at some cases that was, some were similar, some were worse, and their punishment wasn't like how mine is. I think the fact they see the opportunity, the fact that I'm playing in the Premier League, doing well, sniff around England, it's kind of like right, this is our chance to punish him. Then people know this is kind of the punishment you're looking at if you want to do. What I done. So they brought it. So you, I guess you're saying that you suspect they brought it out at that time to prevent you going to play for England. I assume so, and to make it a bigger story. Ah, uh, okay. Personally, anyway, I don't know if it's true. Like, I'm not to know what's behind the scenes, but I feel like if you have somebody go into the World Cup that's supposed to be betting, then it's kind of like a bigger story. I mean, Simon, you, you, I could hear you react to that in the background. I mean, do you think there's any substance to what you said there? <laughs> Well, I think there is an element of the fact that, that that if someone who's high profile as him does this, that they're going to have consequences and that ultimately there might be a ramification which is quite significant because it will be a deterrent. He put himself in the way of the deterrent. He put himself in the way of being used as an example because of his behaviour. You've got to get to the crux of this. This is nobody else's behaviour besides Ivan's. Nobody wants Ivan to be... I, I would love to know and I'd love to have seen the interviewer push him a little bit harder to... to, to, to let us know who these people are that are putting together this conspiracy theory to deny him an opportunity, because I'm not entirely sure that people are clubbing together to stop Ivan Tony being yeah. a successful footballer. But what I do think that he is right on, probably, is the very nature of his behaviour put himself in the way of something, and they couldn't allow him to go to the World Cup. They knew this was coming. Mm. 
you know, you've got a similar situation with the boy Paqueta, where the Brazilian team have dropped him out of the fold, out of the fold because they know that the backdrop is going to be the media are going to say, what the hell is going on here? You've got a player accused of ultimately bringing the game into disrepute by betting on it, breaking the rules, and he's in the World Cup squad. So, of course, there's a sentiment, but again, going to the crux of it, and Martin will come in in a second, this is the boy's behaviour. It's nobody else's behaviour. It's his behaviour, and he doesn't seem to want to be accountable for it. This is a classic case that we're all guilty of it, of engaging one's mouth before you engage one's brain. So what Simon's saying is, and I, I, I think we're almost naive in a, in a sense to think he would talk like this, Martin, but why didn't Tony say, look, I'm going to own this? The reason I'm going to speak publicly is that I'm now owning this. I'm not in denial in any shape or form. There was no grey area. I knew I couldn't bet and I still did. Why? He would have much more credibility in my eyes and the eyes of many if he'd come out with noises like that. Well, of course, you know, hindsight being a great thing. And I, I, I do accept that there, that sometimes it's very, very difficult to own up to something immediately. You think that there might be mitigating circumstances. You also might think you might even get away with it if that's the case. Um, but... He's talking about, he, uh, Ivan Tony, is talking about a situation where at the start of the season, uh, someone comes in, generally has a conversation about how, how poorly that they have dealt with gambling and uh, they've seen the light and it's, and it's worked out well for them or, that, or they're changing their lives. And people you do listen to and the stories are very, very good. They're excellent. Yeah. But on top of that, on top of that, also, you have a very clear definition of the rules. Now, I think that the rules... The betting rules when they were first set out were really draconian in many aspects because it's preventing someone from betting. I, I never saw I never saw uh, it really harmful for someone to feel about betting on his own team against his own side, a totally different issue. I mean, that's a criminal offence. Uh, but I never thought that. But while the rules are there now at this minute, while they are in place and these are the rules and they're very, very clear, so you've got to, you've got to go with it. So it would be, it's almost impossible for you not to know what these rules are. Many messages coming in, Simon, as you might imagine, even at this early stage in the proceedings. Uh, there's one from Dan in Oxford. Ivan Tony is a typical footballer. Everybody else's fault. No, he was the one at the heart of all this. Everyone else in the EFL uh, are not able to, to do it. They, they presumably knew it. As players, they would know it. So why did he well, not know it? It's very important for the people around Ivan to be giving him the right advice because it's all well and good going on. He's got lots of spare time right now, obviously. Right. It's all, it's all well and good going on to these podcasts with these people and having conversations. And no one wants footballers to be sat there not speaking their mind and having a view. But for whoever's around him, suggesting to him, Ivan Tony is likely to leave Brentford the moment the transfer window opens, he comes back again. Right? If you're... I'd ask Martin, as a manager, if you're listening to a player and you think, OK... <laughs> the betting situation is thus, and then you've got a player coming out now, and you're in the you're in the market for a centre forward. Would you look at Ivan Tony and say, the player absolutely outstanding, but this kind of rhetoric shows a, a window into the character of a player? Would that deter you in your thinking if you were an Aston Villa manager now saying, I want that centre forward, I want to buy one, I'm going to go to my chairman and ask him to buy this particular one? Okay, good point. I think that first of all, Ivan Tony is a top quality player. I agree. So that you would have to be interested in the player after his ban has, has finished. Secondly, I think if you got the opportunity, just let's say you were at a football club that were able to afford him and that you wanted him badly. I think you would have to have a, a conversation with him, really strong conversation and say, listen, it did, that, that didn't go so well. You know, you, you know, you turned and you actually said that you, you told a lie to begin with. You know, are you capable of changing here? Do you think that, that you think you have learned a lesson from that there? And I think then you would ha really, for want of better words, look into someone and say, listen, are, are you prepared to change? Can you, can you do this? Is this something that you can do? Because you are a quality centre forward. You are you are really worth a lot of uh, a lot of money and i think you could help my football club so i think that you would have to have that sort of conversation and then feel have a feeling yourself that this, this but prima face from the outset i mean it's difficult i mean i look at it now and think ivan it's ill advised you you've got character you've gone to, you've accepted getting out of newcastle going down to to peterborough to a lower division you've built your career yeah. you came up out of the championship people categorized you in a certain way by saying unorthodox and mm -hmm. you've smashed all those parameters mm -hmm. by being a top footballer this is now about your character in order for you to be considered for big big, big football clubs because big football clubs like man united or mm -hmm. chelsea mm -hmm. or clubs that might be looking at him at some time in the future will look at this surely and go because i would as the owner go 
Where's your character, son? Yeah. yeah. I want characters. I want substance. I don't just want good players. The world's full of good players, mm. but it's not full of good players that have character. Sure, yeah. but you've well, got Well, okay, yeah. fine. If I, that's a good point. Let's say, let's say you're my owner. I'm the manager. I take it upon myself and say, listen, Simon, this is, this is the player that we want. We're going to take him, but it's my responsibility now to get the, to get the best out of him. Don't look. If he fails, if he fails and, and, and does it again, don't look at him. Just look yeah. at me. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Many people reacting to the Ivan Tony chat that he did on uh, this thing, the Stephen Bartlett diary of a CEO podcast. He says uh, gambling and football, a bit of a grey area. Well, not too grey as far as Ivan's concerned now uh, because Tony admitted to 232 breaches of FA betting rules over a period of five seasons between February 2017 and January 2021. Uh, many people getting in touch this morning. Very immature statement from Ivan Tony. Just been listening. Needs to grow up. He's got to take responsibility for his own actions regardless of whether he feels his punishment is harsh or not, says Luke. Uh, of course, West Ham took on Chelsea yesterday one player for West Ham yesterday, the Brazilian Lucas Paqueta. And of course, uh, he has seen a potential move to Manchester City collapse for now. On Friday, the same Paqueta was left out of Brazil's squad for their upcoming World Cup qualifiers so that he could, quote, sort out his problems. What are his problems? An investigation also said to involve the world governing body FIFA is believed to centre around bets placed in Brazil on yellow cards awarded against Lucas Paqueta. Yesterday, our own Alex Crook got in front of West Ham boss David Moyes and raised that very subject with Moyes. Did you think it showed today how it was affected? I thought 65,000 supporters were on their feet clapping them most of the game because of his performance, his levels, his energy. He's a top player and he's a really good boy, so he played great today for us. And uh, No surprise with the penalty. Maybe if Saeed had been on, Saeed might have taken it, but uh, but Lucas took it brilliantly well. Will he definitely stay now, Lucas, beyond the transfer window? Well, you should answer that question. I don't know at the moment, no. So David didn't want to get too embroiled in that, clearly, with, with Alex, although Alex quite right to ask him. Ironically, Simon, it's reported West Ham shirt sponsors Betway were responsible for reporting the suspicious betting patterns. Mm. But, I mean, further down the line, Paqueta's going to have questions to answer. Yeah. I mean, we have to look internally at the sport and determine how serious the sport thinks it's itself. It's very difficult. I do understand the difficulty that managers have because they are managing players, they want to get the best from the players and their jobs are scrutinised by the very nature of what they produce on a Saturday afternoon. But unless you're going to get the industry itself um, condemning this kind of behaviour and having the courage of its convictions to do so, then you're not going to get the buy-in that you possibly need. You're going to get these sort of explanations behind Ivan Tony's school of thinking because there are times in football there is, there is a cultural and moral vacuum about what is right and what is wrong and how a player can be gotten away with things because he's a good player. And, that, and, that, and as a result of that, that clears all the other decks. David Moyes will have a different private view than he'll have a media view because he doesn't want to give the media an opportunity to elevate his opinion, elevate his comments and turn it into everything else besides David Moyes' job as a football manager to get West Ham winning on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. So he's in that particular space. But ultimately, it is their responsibility to make sure these players understand the value of their behaviour both off the pitch and on the pitch. I don't go with Martin's explanation about the fact that it's not particularly meaningful that you are able to bet in sport as long as it's not the sport or the game that you're participating in or against your side. Because whether we like it or not, rules are rules. And I don't think it's much of a sacrifice for footballers doing a job, whether it's at the bottom of the pyramid in League One or the top of the pyramid in the Premier League, playing and doing a job that most people would probably bite their arms off at the shoulder to be able mm. to do, mm. to have to give up their opportunity to bet in, in exchange for a wonderful career that might take them to ridiculous halcyon heights of achievement or at least give them this wonderful outcome of doing something that most people would only, would only suggest they can dream of doing. I don't think that's an unfair trade-off. And too many times in football... It is uh, people's behaviour is excused by their talents. It's a very difficult balance to strike. But if you want characters, if you want leaders, if you want men like Roy Keane that will overcome adversity, and not everything that comes out of Roy's mouth I agree with, but as a player and as a captain, I think he was without peer. That's because he had substance and character and discipline and respect and all of those things. And there is at times, all of that gets washed away by the amount of money, 
the amount of people that are hanging around you that profit off you, and ultimately the culture of saying, well, you're a good player, so we'll let that go away. I think you're confusing the two. Sam. You're confusing Roy Keane's ability to go and lead a team into you started off by talking about the betting aspect of yep. it. Now, the betting aspect is this, that if you, uh, simply because you uh, have, <clears throat> have a fine lifestyle, and we're talking about Premier League players, we're not talking about fourth division players, we're talking mm-hmm. about, then that, that, that should excuse them from having a bet in anything. So in other words, uh, somebody can't go up and have uh, two shillings each way in the Grand National not, or not something. Not if that's like the rules here. of the industry that you, that you signed right, to okay. be Right, OK. Well, if that's yeah. the rule, I, I'm, I'm getting okay. back to it. Yeah, I did say that I thought that the rules were draconian. But I did say once they're, they're, once they're established, you've got to stick with that. Yeah. I, I'm totally in agreement with that. All I'm saying to is that I, initially I thought they were really draconian and they're covered. So in other words, so, so let's say some sort of businessman, let's say like yourself, done very, very well in business and you have a, a really nice lifestyle or assuming, yeah. And then suddenly somebody says to him, well, because of that there, you know, you, you're better not having a bed, you but, know. But so, when you no. say draconian, you are looking at the fibre of a sport and the integrity of a sport being potentially questioned by people's ability to be able to participate in betting because of the reasons that people are are able to influence outcomes. You can't have any oh, grey areas in sport. It's not draconian, it's just yeah. realistic. But, but not, 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 not if you're involved, not if you're not involved in, a, in some particular sport that you would have known. Uh, or you have no influence. Thing, one, one of your mates yeah. is playing for another side. And you, no, no, and no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not talking about I'm not stay, stay. I'll get back to my point. The rules have now been made, whether I agree with them or didn't agree with them in the first place. I thought that they were draconian. I keep saying this here, but leave it, leave it at that there. Absolutely right. Abide by the rules. Those rules are read out to you, I think, at the start of every single season again. They're reiterated to people and you have it at the football club. So there's no excuse. I'm not, has, I'm, not, I'm not giving anybody an excuse to do this. That's all I'm saying. That, that's, that's, but, that's, but I'm, that's, I'm conflating yeah. Roy Keane I'm, I, because I'm talking about character. Yeah. Not, not necessarily Roy Keane, the individual. I'm talking about characters. You want men that can stand up for adversity. You want men that can learn to do as they're told. If you, before you want someone to give orders, they've got to be able to take orders first. Well, and the bottom line is, is that Roy Keane comes as an example, not because I admire everything he does, but because that's a man with character. And a lot of these kids in this day and age now are given far too much, far too quickly, far too easily, without the reality of actually earning some of it. I'm, so I'm, in, I'm, in, sorry, I'm in, in total agreement with that. Absolutely total agreement. But again, I'm talking about don't confuse the two things Absolutely. Don't confuse the betting thing without some somebody's drive and determination. There might be one or two there might be one or two players in in the world but why not? who have who have a, 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 who have but Martin, you're asked who are something. driving. Okay, but you're, what you're doing is okay. you're, you're saying you don't the rules are draconian and that's fine. I accept your okay. position on that. Right. But you're told to do something. Yeah. So by definition, a, a character of someone that accepts their responsibilities, accepts the the obligations that they have, and doesn't do it is someone that has the character that I think will give you a leader, that will give you someone that you can rely on, someone that you can trust. All the very things that you as managers suggest that you need in your dressing room on a weekly, daily and hourly basis. So when you've got someone that doesn't do that and thinks ultimately these rules don't apply to me, that is a, is a reference to their character. My only criticism of this situation is, is, that, is that this is an ill-advised interview. You know, those without sin can cast the first stone and we're very quick to judge people based upon what they do and don't do and tell them how they should and shouldn't behave. I think this is ill-advised. I don't think it's. I don't think it's clever. I don't think it's sensible. I don't think it portrays him in a particularly good light. I mean, he won't be the only person that does this. There'll be lots of footballers inside the game that are doing the same thing because, like I said, there's sometimes a view that the rules don't apply to them. In this instance, Ivan is actually only damaging himself. He, you know, he is right. I do. I do agree with his principle, insofar as he's making the idea that there's a scapegoat mentality here. He's not. He's not a scapegoat because of anything other than his behaviour, but I would imagine there was a desire to send out a very strong message to a player that's very high profile, was in and amongst the England squad, and they've obviously got an issue with um, the betting community full stop because the betting community, as we are hearing in the the breaks between our show, is a major contributor to advertising revenues, to sponsorship revenues, and there are challenges around this industry, and there are challenges around the industry itself and the way it behaves, and there is a challenge around the government's failure to legislate this industry to be able to deal with it properly. But none of that gives Ivan Tony much of a pass and Ivan would be better served to have not done this interview or to have done it in such a fashion whether he, whether he had to swallow it and simply say, I accept the responsibilities of my own actions and ultimately this is a message to all people out there that bet, don't bet. 
Yeah. It's not a good look. It's not a good thing to do. And if you want to be a professional footballer, learn from me. And he can walk out the door and he can spit the bile out of his mouth that he feels that he's got in there by having to say that. And everyone will go, right, move on. This doesn't allow people to move on. It enables people to point their finger at Ivan Tony about the individual rather than a footballer. And we should be talking at some extent about what a footballer he is and what a footballer he's is, is going to be when he comes back. It's fairly straightforward, Martin, is it not? I mean, I was about to ask you, what more can football do? But people out with the, the football industry can place a bet. Of course they can, because they've got, they've got no influence on how a game is going to go. Mm. Players must realise... They can influence the outcome of any 90 minutes of any game. Hence, you can't bet as a player. I'm in total agreement with that. Absolutely, the rules are clear. But he says it's a grey area. The rules are clear. It's not not a grey area, and it isn't. As uh, Simon mentioned, it's an ill-advised interview. You shouldn't have done it. And each step he takes, he he seems to dig a bigger hole for himself. That's the point about it. It really does. Even to the point about talking about scoring the first goal. Can you imagine being in a situation, if he has a bet in his first goal, and his uh, teammate is in a better position to score a goal? He could easily have laid this ball off and and Mabueno or whatever it was, sticks the ball into the, the back of the net goal for him and then he decides because in the back of his mind he's he's uh, he's he's for school score uh, he takes something on and and, uh, he's inadvertently, and, and then he's inadvertently affected the outcome of a game well that's yeah. absolutely yeah. right yeah. so these things well to just get back to the point it's really really clear the rules are clear it doesn't matter whether we agree or not they are there now and they've been there for quite some considerable time there's a reiteration of them every single season there's no question about it, and the rules have been broken. And so there's a punishment due. I, I know what you're saying about David Moyes, quite rightly, just wanting to talk about Paqueta, the mm. footballer, because he's his manager, and I get that. And to be fair to David, he probably doesn't have much more to say at this stage, Simon, on any investigation into Paqueta well, at this after, time. Directly after a football match, I don't think necessarily... I know that's the opportunity, that's the window of opportunity that you're going to get to ask a football manager about the player. But directly after a football match, it was like, with due respect, what benefit are you going to get from Pep Guardiola asking him about the financial fair play of Manchester City? He's not going to be able to speak to it very much. Yeah. And in this instance, David Moyes in a different interview, I think David Moyes would be condemnatory. But directly mm. after a football match, he's going to be reacting to what he's just seen in the last 90 minutes. Sure. It's so- the look as well, Simon. The look. This investigation regarding Paqueta is said to involve uh, FIFA is believed to centre around bets placed in Brazil on yellow cards awarded against him. <laughs> so, you know, the man in the street, the fan of any club, is going to add one and one and maybe make two on that. And, of course, anyone associated with his club, West Ham, like Moyes, any good reporter, post-match, pre-match or whenever getting access to someone like David or when you were managing, I would ask it, Martin. Of course you, know, you of How course. is Paqueta? What's his thinking today? Not, he's at a tough old time. You've got to ask the question. Of of course, but if you if you're not if you're not applied with all the information, that, uh, then that's you're going to avoid it. And it's just really as simple as that. There, I would have done exactly the same if David if I'd been asked that question and I had uh, I was the manager of Paqueta and I don't really know the things. I I'm I'm <clears throat> naturally going to condemn I'm going to condemn uh, gambling per se in in that sense. But overall, you're you it's a situation where if you don't really know. The next question might have been asked, uh, the Brazilians have, have actually pulled him out of the squads, therefore there must be something in it. But then um, the next question would be, innocent until proved guilty. Yes, so let, 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 let us see what, Which what, is a good point. what the, transpires. The difficult, the difficult thing to swallow when you're from the man outside in the street, and I can understand this, is the um, he's got a lot on his mind. Well, whatever he's got on his bleeding mind, he put it there himself. Right? Whatever problems yeah. he's got, he did it himself. So let's not start putting a, a, a warm bubble around the player and start to ask to process the thinking of what he's had to contend with. Yeah. Whatever yeah. he's had to contend with it <clears throat> are, and that's the part that I always disagree yeah. with. That's the sort of part that I find a little bit difficult to stomach, which is almost almost pricing in the thinking that hasn't the boy done well to play in a football match because he's got problems elsewhere, which were all of his own making. Yeah. In life, people would say, well, what's that got to do with the price of cheese? Get on with doing your bloody job. It's the least you can bloody do. In fact, you should be doing twice the job because you put everybody in a bloody car. Simon, in regards to Tony speaking to this podcast, we've asked Brentford, did the club know about it? We're still waiting for a reply from the football club. Um... It's believed that Tony is still being paid mm. in full. If you were Matthew Benham, Benham at the top of the house at Brentford, would you be paying him in full? 
Well, I would be I would be unhappy with the situation. I would, it depends how much I knew. If I if I knew this was an ongoing investigation when I signed him, or there was all of these challenges, I'd have to price it into my thinking, and I can't then come it, can I? I can't then turn around and say, well, I didn't, you know, I knew about it, but ultimately I want to dock your wages. The challenge for them is they've got a valuable asset. And here we go again. I've got a valuable asset, so I'm going to compromise my belief system, compromise what I know to be right, and ultimately consequence the player for his own actions because I'm being consequenced. I didn't put these bets on. I've got to pay you seventy grand a week for you to sit on your backside and do nothing for eight months. Where's my benefit now? I've got to pay, pay other players to step into your position. So so if you look at it from those points of view, yeah. you're going to turn around and say, well, I can understand, and contractually they may well have a position. The flip side of that, you start doing that to a player, all of a sudden you're going to have a problem with the player. All of a sudden the problem, the player clearly doesn't accept his part in this. The player clearly believes that somehow he's the victim of something. So if someone else comes along and compounds that by saying, actually, here's some more medicine for you, here's some more reap the whirlwind of your own behaviour, you're going to put that player into an even more entranced position of a victim mentality. And then all, all of a sudden, if you ever had any aspirations of getting a player back in the fold, you're going because he won't accept it. He won't accept it. I had a similar situ situation with Adi Akinbai, where he didn't do something, and he refused to accept it. He refused to accept the consequences of his own behaviour, threw a chair through the window, picked a fight with Trevor Francis, and caused all kinds of mayhem. Right? And eventually, I made him damn well accept it, and apologise for it. But the point is, is that it's too, too... And it wasn't my job to do that. It should have been the manager's. But the point is this, is that if Matthew Benham's in a situation where he wants to retain the plan, add some value to it, he's got to take a view on what's right for his football club in the short term, intermediate and long term. And here we are now in this eternal crossroads. Should I do what's right? Should this player get paid for ultimately putting his club in the way of something that he did? And the answer morally in every other walk of life would be no. But football doesn't play by those rules because all of a sudden you've got to get this player back on side. Yeah. He's more valuable to us in, in, the, in the formation of the side and what happens next. There's the challenge. Okay, and so what would you do? Um... I, I don't know, Martin, if yeah. I'm entirely honest, because yeah. I don't know my relationship with, with, with the player. Simon, I, I, yeah. That's not like you. You know. No, I don't no, know. No, I understand I don't, that. I don't know. No. Yeah, this, it, is it. This, is the, this is the difficulty. The difficulty is this here that you don't know whether you want to... You just mentioned there, you're a pretty strong owner. You've shown that there with managers. Therefore, you should have the same with the player. And you say, regardless of whether you've my got a relationship feel, with him... My gut him, feel is yeah. I'd want him to take some of it. I would want him to sit across the table with me and I'd say to him, right, right, I tell you what... We're in it together, we're collective, right? And we are together, and I value, and I value through times of adversity and mm. through strength, right? Mm. But we've got to take some of this together, otherwise yeah. we're not in it together. So I tell you what, as an exercise in making sure that I feel comfortable that you've got the right mindset, you're going to take some of this. You're yeah. going to take some fines for this. You're yeah. going to take some reduction in your wages, not because I can't afford you and not because I, don't want, not because I want to visit some more problems upon you because I want to see the colour of your the cut of your jib, the colour of your outlook in terms of how you see adversity and what you see as something you are accepting as your responsibility. So I think I would want to visit some of it on him. Yeah, yeah of course, absolutely right. You would do, you know, but uh, the, the the Simon Jordan I would have known maybe a year ago would have, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have been so deliberate. I would have been, sorry, or less deliberate in the sense that I think you would have said, listen, let's, let's, let's take this. And do you know this. what I'd have had? Immediately I did it. Yeah. Guaranteed that grossy, motley little gang, the PFA, coming over the wall saying, can't do it. You yep. can't do it. That's what I'd have had. And experience yep. has taught me that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Briefly, in the passing, Martin, we'll talk about Postacoglu as well. I was particularly pleased for him. On, on Saturday night I was up at the Etihad and I, w- I watched some of the aftermatch stuff coming in mm-hmm. I was pleased for Postacoglu he gets such a notable scalp as Manchester United so early mm-hmm. in, in his uh, in his Tottenham reign he's no fool he's definitely no fool this is a proper manager and he knows the stuff he just he, he wasn't well known simply because uh, he was from Australia working in in Japan and uh uh, he brought players into to Celtic that did exceptionally well. So he knew, he knew the strength of the players. He knew, and more importantly, he knows his own strengths and weaknesses. He's very very good. He's a he's got an attacking mind, and he wants to go forward with it. And you always felt that that that, regardless of the results, that they would be that they being Tottenham Hotspur would be a bit more pleasing on the eye, for want of better words. I hate that phrase, but anyway, I'll go with it. And um, and so. It was no surprise to me that they, they, they he has he's he's got something there. Yeah. There's no question about it. So Martin Manchester United came calling and left with nothing. Bruno Fernandes uh, as a leader and a captain. What's your take on some of the post-match comments? He says he'll be waiting for an apology from refereeing chief John Moss over a penalty decision that didn't go Manchester United's way. Um, and he's quite he's pretty much outspoken in it he says the referees have got to start doing interviews after the game so they can explain themselves it's a penalty no excuse for not seeing that nice excuse for VAR not seeing that I want to see if John Moss also comes to apologise in our dressing to our dressing room like they say they did to the manager of Wolves I'll be sitting here and they can come is there any need for that I, I, do you know what? You've just been beaten in the game. You think you should have had a penalty. I, I'm not even sure that it was a penalty anyway. He's missed a, he's missed a great, great opportunity himself. He's headed one over the bar. He just he reminded me of me uh, heading it like that. And uh, and at the end of it all, he's, he's, I, I wonder, is uh, Tan Hag waiting for uh, an apology from him for missing the header? I don't think I don't think you can be that petulant. You've lost the game. You shouldn't be turning around to, to, to talk about... Uh, and and be as flippant as, as that there in your comments about uh, about the referee uh, and um, and the uh, the the leader of the band uh, not coming to apologise as apparently they did apologise to Wolves uh, not giving the penalty uh, in the on the previous Monday night. So overall, yeah, I think Manchester United have to look within themselves at these at at, at the game how they didn't they didn't to me I don't think they created enough. Uh, in in the side, they're supposed to be a, t- a top quality um, counter attacking team. They didn't see it, and the petulance like that there from from your captain, who should be showing a, a, a really stronger example. I'm not sure that that was the case. I wonder, with hindsight, if it will show that Bruno was the right decision to be captain. Um, I think performance wise, at times you can look at Bruno Fernandez as a captain. I think he goes missing when there's moments of adversity, uh, and I don't think he's a leader. I think I don't think he's a leader. I think he's clearly not a leader. And why you'd want him as a leader, I don't know. But w- when you have leaders like that, you'll get certain outcomes. Yeah. And if Manchester United's desire is to be top of the tree again, you're not going to get there with Bruno Fernandes as your captain. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah. think I think that I think you know people and and, and the, the irony of it is is the consensus of people's views were that the, the situation on Monday was a penalty against Man United, and the consensus of people's views was that that wasn't the penalty to Manchester United. So the fact that he feels the necessity to claim a victim's culture and ultimately to build a galvanised sort of clandestine spirit amongst the United dressing room with people victimising them and, and, and holding them to a different set of standards, I don't think, again, I go to the simple point, be careful the kind of leaders that you want because I don't think he is a leader. And if Manchester United are going to regain some of the poise that the Uniteds of times gone past, you need to have proper leaders on the pitch at times to do it. I, you, when you look at that side... I mean, was anyone else putting themselves forward to be captain in the eyes of Ten Hag? When you look at the side, Martin, I'm not entirely sure anyone else stood out a mile to be no, the captain. No, that's a very good point, Jim. I, I think you're. I think you're right. I don't. I don't. Captain think, of the good ship, lollipop. Yeah. Well, I. I. I don't think 
again, this is from a distance, but I don't think that there's uh, there's uh, captaincy material there with, within that group of players. In the in, I remember what we were talking about. We're setting precedents here about Manchester United. We mm. had a driving force of Roy Keane for about ten or twelve years in, in the year. So that that sort of captain certainly does not exist within that group. No. No. And of course it was Tottenham's day and it was Postacoglu's day. Simon, you've said for weeks, if not months now, you watch this guy, you like the cut of his jib. Yep. Many Tottenham fans do now, quite unsurprisingly, this, this Monday morning. And this is the kind of thing that Postacoglu trots out. It's a consequence of how we want to play and particularly at the moment where, you know, it's fair to say it's not really embedded in us as a group. So that's going to leave us susceptible at times to the opposition attacking us but it was great for our back four that they could sort of defend when they needed to against a very good opponent um, strong opponent so but yeah we want to we want to entertain for sure um, I think it's important um, but entertain in terms of play football that brings success that's still what's underpinned by Is it too early to say Martin that Posta Coglu has got this thing by the scruff of the neck and not only will they get results, they will entertain. Hence, he is the right man. Well, in in terms of that statement, yes, everything is too early. It's too early today. They've got four points on the board. They've got a draw at Brentford and they've won this game. That was a big, big win for them. Re- regardless of what, what, what I think about the, the manager, I think he's terrific. But really, that was a, an important win for them. Opening game of the season for them in terms of being at home, uh, against Manchester United, really decent opposition, or supposedly, and uh, and they go and win the game, and it's a, and it is a big win, and they played nicely as well too. There's some really nice footballers in the side, and um, and <clears throat> you feel as if that they can that they, they, they can move forward. I think he would temper all of that there by saying exactly yeah. what he is saying. Yeah. Just hold on, just a second, just just give me time, just give me a little bit more time. We are going to be susceptible to attacks. We are going to get lose a couple of goals somewhere along the way, <clears throat> but believe me, we I think we are on the right foot. One hundred percent engagement, outspoken with White and Jordan. For Everton, Martin, we're going to another season where it might all just again be about survival. I, I think I read somebody says I could have subbed the entire team at halftime. They lost 4-0, of course. This was Daich post-match. We just didn't look connected today. Slightly better in the second half with the, with the ball, with, you know, more, but, but you know, you're 3-0 down, 4-0 down. In a weird way, it's easier to play. You're like, well, what's the worst that can happen? We're going to play properly at 0-0, and we didn't today. So there's no excuses at all. We were, we were miles off today on all levels. The strangest thing about football, if I showed you the physical stats of this game, probably not that much in it, but it's on your eyes. You know, you can see the edge that players play with. They look sharper. They looked uh, more in, more into the game, uh, more connected with the ball and worked hard when they had to outside of having the ball. We didn't. We, we were way off that. You see, I, I always remember Sir Alex saying to me years ago, I like the way Sean Dyche deals with the media post-match. Mm-hmm. There's a perfect example of it, Martin, is it not? It absolutely tells it as it is. Yeah, we, we were this, we were that, we were not good enough. Well, it was difficult to say anything else other than that there because they were really wretched, really wretched. I have to say, I was expecting more from Everton. I was, I, you know, the, in their opening game uh, against Fulham, they created a, a number of chances. Uh, Calvert Lewin starts the game, and um, he's just he's just been afflicted with injury, poor poor lad. Mm. But at the end of it all, they need something. They need a they need a uh, they need a spark from somewhere. I don't know where it's going to come from, but it's going to be. It looks a long, long, hard season in front of them again. I mean, we'll talk about Calvert Lewin in a second. Shea Adams being being spoken about is he is he going to be part of the answer? Well, you need someone in. I'm not, I'm not saying that Shea Adams is or Shea Adams is going to score all the goals that 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 uh, that will uh, get survival for for Everton because that's probably what we're looking at even at this early stage of the season. But overall, they they need something. I mean the. Quite simply, Simon, they're well off it. But why are they so far off it? Because they haven't got good enough players. Mm. End of discussion. That's it. Sean couldn't do anything else and say what he said yesterday because it was uh, anything else would have been ridiculous. He didn't single anybody out, so he hasn't lost anybody in the dressing room by saying it. He put them on mess. Um, but, you know, if they're a mile off from the start, Sean has to look at himself to some extent because he's got to get them started. And, you know, we don't have the same constraints as he will have, you know, you've got central defenders in there that can't defend. You know, you, Michael King can't defend. And as much as, you know, he may be an honest pro, 
you've got to call things for what they are. Two of the That's goals. That's harsh, Simon, isn't it? Well, well, I tell you what, it's bleed. I think it may well be like harsh. many as good games and bad games. Surely. Well, I, you know, there is a litany of bad games and the challenges that that this player has to, in order to give solutions to Everton. If you're going to give away goals the way they did, but the second, you know, the goal from both two goals from throw-ins. The third goal hangs out a leg. Got to clear it. Second one, not not awake and not cleaning out the central. If you're going to if you're going to go for that, but got to clear out the centre centre central defence centre forward. But there's a lot wrong with Everton. There's been a lot wrong for some time and Sean is a solution of sorts because ultimately he will be looking at this thinking is this quite what I signed up for it was one thing getting into a situation wanting to get back in the Premier League sitting in this room a year ago saying there'll be another Premier League opportunity for me and I'm not going to jump down the divisions and and diminish my stock by going down to the championship and maybe never getting back into a Premier League job he was the difference between them staying up last year and going down, I think they would have gone down if he hadn't gone in. But I think he's got a very tall order. He will be the difference, I think, between Everton going down this year um, and staying up. But they are not going to be a mid-table side. They're going to be a side that's going to be looking behind them unless they make some changes. Calvert-Lewin, I'm very critical of him about things in the past and things that he's got himself involved with. Yeah, but he can be in this occasion. Not in this instance. No, I mean, he's got his, you know, if you saw the lump on the side of his face, mm. you cannot, you know, even make, even, even I cannot make trite comments about the reasons why he's gone off injured in this instance but they're a mile off they're a mile off Everton and and the very best they're going to do is be able to damage limitating games until they can get better players in in, in your time as a player Martin and managing in England though did you not always admire as I've done in my time down here this this great relationship that the fans have A with the club and B with the players who play for the club mm-hmm. in this instance and Simon mentioned him so we may as well raise this now Dominic Calvert-Lewin I mean, it was a very visible facial mm-hmm. injury and off yeah. he goes again. And yet, he suffered a whole bunch of uh, uh, online abuse, apparently. And Calvert-Lewin's father posted on social media post-match the life of a Premier League footballer's dad. Um, and he, he goes on to say, to see my son hurt like that brought me to tears again. It always will, no matter what age he is. Now in hospital getting sorted, I hear the names he gets called by his own inverted commas, fans, first-hand. And what will, I, what will I say? Well, I'll say this. My son lives the dream daily like you wouldn't believe, and that won't change regardless of what some numpty in Stone Island gear shouts. Stay bitter, fellas. Stay bitter. That's what he's saying to the fans yep. who, who criticise his boy. It's another little setback in a long list of setbacks, but he'll be all right. He always is. Right, well, I would, I would tend to agree with that because obviously as his father he's going to protect his son but really I, I think that Calvert-Lewin is just he, he, he's just afflicted with injuries and some people it happens to players you, no matter what you try and do you, you just don't seem to be able to shake them off you know you either have a hamstring problem that's, that's uh, like De Bruyne for instance now he's going to be out four months because he's come back too early sometimes Calvert-Lewin did that in his career Reece sometimes James you Chelsea. absolutely sometimes you sit it out for a, a couple of weeks longer and you think I'm okay and then it happens and once once you start getting a few injuries it just seems to follow you around I know I remember I remember we had a a player um, at Nottingham Forest in my early days, he must have played 300 consecutive games, left back, John Winfield. Then he went to Peterborough and uh, thankfully Darren wasn't there at the time and uh, and he um, he got injured immediately. So something that you just, it just, it happens and I think that this is, this is, this is what's happening. Now, Everton should not now be depending just on the one centre forward. We know that Calvert Lewin probably was going to miss a load of games, so you have to you have to think of other things, and Everton don't seem to be doing that. I mean, it's pretty bad when it gets to that, and Calvert Lewin's father's having to come out with that. Well, I'm not sure that he needs to do that. I mean, ultimately, I understand why he'd want to well, do it's it. His son, isn't well, it? I understand that, but this is the business of sport. I, I, you know, you're not going to like what I've got to say, but I also don't think he's helped himself with some of the things he's done. I don't think it's great to have a centre forward. I don't care whether people like this or not. I don't think it's great to have a centre forward in the front cover of a magazine and a skirt holding a handbag. I don't think that's a good look. Man you know, bag. Like I said, it was a handbag. Like I said about, you know, Bob Latchford would be spinning in his grave. Mm. if he, You know, obviously Bob, Bob's not dead, but notwithstanding there, as Everton centre forward's gone past. So I think those sort of things have opened up the door. And it goes with the territory. Oh, but it, go on, Simon. It goes with the territory. You're a professional footballer. You get a huge amount of reward and a bunch of strangers calling you a name and every now and again, and people getting on your back. It, unfortunately, it goes with the territory. And what you do is, if you're his father and you open yourself up to that, you've let them know that they've bothered you. 
The challenge is with people that are idiots, that, that are not worth anything, if their opinion is not worth anything, then it's a hard discipline to have. It's a really hard discipline to have. Silence is golden. Silence kills <clears throat> people. It stops them in their tracks because if you give them no feedback, if he knows the truth, I've questioned it before. I, I've made observations about him before, and it was you know people were cross with me saying, I think there's a preparedness to be more comfortable being injured for this player. Well, yeah, but the same individuals hear you say things like that. See Calvert Lewin getting injured on Saturday or yesterday with a facial injury, yeah, and no doubt let rip. Well, you know, I'm not responsible for their actions. People are responsible for their own actions. But the point is this: is that is that I I have my view on Calvert Lewin, and I will retain that view. But I certainly don't think that there's any. I don't think he's fair game for coming off on Saturday. Or Sunday, I think he's got a smash in the face. If anyone can see that face, yeah. see that damage that's been done. Of course, there's nothing. There's nothing about that player coming off there, mm. which is him not being prepared to fight for the calls. But I do think if you put yourself in the way, mm. in the public domain, of certain ways of presenting yourself, people are going to latch upon it. All I will say, if social media had, had existed in my playing day, my father would have had a field day with it. You know, for the number of times he would have had to be coming on to apologise for his son's uh, performances. <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. He would have been on. He, he would have been on every single week. That's not fair. No, he wouldn't. You could play Martin, but uh, I mean, are you with Simon? The best thing that Calvert Lewin's old man should have done is say nothing. It, that's probably true. Really, you've got, it to, is, you've got to stay. That, that is very, very difficult. It's very difficult for a father, you know, to hear sort of criticism of his yeah, son, where he feels it's unwarranted, and 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 he's acting in that manner. And it's and it's you know you. After it comes out, you think to yourself, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe maybe I, I am letting people know that it's affecting us. But it is affecting you. This yeah, is the whole point. Yeah. It's affecting the player because the player's taking the criticism. And, the, and I, as I said, I don't want to sit in an ivory tower here and say he shouldn't have done that. As a father, I probably would have done the same thing. You would have... I probably, I, yeah, I most likely would have done. Yeah. I would have, if, if I thought that the, the criticism was unfair. In that sense, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. There's only so often you you can smile. I mean, a whole bunch of fans passing through Euston Station when I was going to Manchester uh, on Saturday, and uh, most of them great. Two or three of them told me I was Scottish with no parents. Yeah, well. but you smile, <laughs> you smile, and you press on. What is it about Villa Park? There is a fortress, isn't it? They're doing well. They're doing really well. I know they had a, a tough, uh, tough opening against Newcastle. That game, funnily enough, was in the balance remarkably for for some considerable time. Newcastle ran away with it at the end, but it's no surprise to me. I think the manager's going to. Uh, he's been excellent. His record is is excellent anyway. European football at Seville, he did fantastically well. Yeah. And um, I think he can get that team galvanised. And for the first time in a long time. That um, Aston Villa, or sorry, Villa Park looks as if it is a fortress. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.